Welcome to Valley of the Sunset, a Vampire the Masquerade V5 Chronicle set in Phoenix, Arizona. This is our very first episode, and I will be your storyteller for the evening. Uh, let's start by introducing our new characters for this chronicle. So uh, why don't we start, if you'd like to introduce uh, who you'll be playing. Hi there, I'm Jeffy Robertson, the Malkavian Vampire. Um, he is a mid-height, call it 5'9", 5'10", uh, wiry-looking individual. Uh, his suntan skin in life has taken on a more undead pallor uh, in recent nights since his embrace. Uh, he can commonly be found wearing a uh, tank top uh, with his shoulder-length hair pulled back for the most part. Uh, tends to wear kind of tattered jeans or shorts with uh, green, you know, putting green style um, slides. If you guys know what I'm talking about, that like putting green fake grass that they make slides out of, that's what he wears um, on his feet. And he is an employee of the Hotel Bella Muerte. AstroTurf, I think is the word that you're looking for. Do you mean AstroTurf? Oh, and also he wears an insane clown posse belt buckle and is a very devout juggalo. Incredible. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, so that's Jeffy, Jeffy Robertson. Well, I'm playing Melinda Hart. Uh, she has very bright red hair, eyes so pale that can be a little haunting. Um, she is around 30 years old, um, and she, you're always going to see her wearing, uh, kind of like a tunic, uh, different, like a colorful one all the time. Um, she owns an Etsy store, uh, she calls it the Hearts Mystery Boutique. Um, she also works at the hotel, she has you know, some of her merchandise there. She uh, uses some of her um, products as the uh, stuff that you can find in the hotel room, like the shampoo, the conditioner, um, so that she provides the hotel with that kind of stuff. They're like and all natural, also- like witchy products. Exactly. Um, she also has kind of uh, like a back room in a place at the motel um, where she meets with her clients that want to, you know, have a glimpse into the future to say she reads tarot cards or like a crystal ball, depending on what they're, they want. Um, And that has a different name because, you know, not everyone wants her products and she's calling that, Lavender's Night Studio. Um, yeah, and that's that's Melinda Hart. She talks like this. She's very soft-spoken. She doesn't <laughs> like um, fights. She's not very controversial. She goes with the flow. Peace and love to everyone around her. That's Melinda. And did you tell us what her clan was? I'm sorry if I missed that. No, she's a Tremere. Tremere. Melinda is a Tremere. Very cool. 
So we have a Malkavian and Tremere so far. All right. Well, I'm playing uh, Shepard. He is a very large and imposing figure, about six two, six three. Um, very, uh, very well built and muscular. Um, he has, uh, well, so he typically is clad in in the same thing every every night. He's been wearing pretty much the same thing for the last ten years. It's a uh, a black tank top, um, some tan hiking pants, and big hiking boots. Um, his hair, oh, and a, a, a black, just mud-spattered duster, oilskin duster. Um, his hair is uh, fairly long and uh, probably was nice at one point, but it's just kind of oily and greasy at this point, full beard. Um, has a very kind of intense... Uh, almost animalistic glare most times most uh, most times you see him um and in his former life he was uh, a wildlife researcher uh, he would he was uh, studying the the mountain lion population around uh, uh, around phoenix and some might have referred to his tactics in protecting them as eco-terrorism but he thought he was doing what was right but uh, in in his uh endeavors of, of doing that he i wouldn't say ran afoul but uh gained the attention of a uh elder gangrel who changed him into a vampire um and so he spends a lot of his time out in the desert in the mountains surrounding tucson but uh, has been uh, welcomed into the Camarilla, if but uh, what's the word? Not prospectively. Um, Provent? No, not provincially. What is the word I'm thinking of? Sorry, oh, I'm I'm trying to think of it too. It's like right on the tip of my tongue. Um, well, well. Oh my that. god! Yeah. <laughs> no. Provisionally, there we go. Yes, there um, we go. Yes, provisional membership in the Camarilla. And he's been tasked as sort of the uh, the muscle for the hotel, uh, Bella Muerta. Very good. All right, Shepard. And then finally, the leader of our coterie, the enchantress uh, perhaps uh, the the beautiful singing voice of uh the hotel bella Morte. Uh, well she certainly is siren um <laughs> i am uh the concept that i have written down is boomer busybody uh eloise is a nosferatu um who was taken embraced at, at at the ripe age of, let's say, late 50s. Um, she, in her youth, was an aspiring vocalist, um, probably some kind of classic, classically trained, um, talented vocalist, but in her probably late teens, early 20s, um, a surprising 
had a surprising pregnancy and ended up giving up her aspirations to um, raise her family and became um, committed to just being a mother. Um, she is kind of a Karen, kind of a busybody. In fact, she was embraced um, because she was being an asshole to the wrong <laughs> vampire. Um, but Eloise is a busybody, stuck-up um, manager of the um, hotel, hotel de la Muerte. Um, how does she look? She um, she is frumpy and lumpy. She is a Nosferatu and has to be kind of. Um, disfigured and, and ugly that manifests in just like being so homely like beyond homely she's just lumpy frumpy unkempt eyebrows everywhere um probably disheveled hair although she tries really hard to make it make her appearance look good every day she just has terrible taste um she probably wears um like a really boxy dress some kind of cotton blend, not particularly nice, but she takes great pride and probably irons it every day. Um, definitely has pantyhose that are probably like falling down and some sensible shoes because she's probably running down the halls, constantly chasing after people and making sure that things get done the way they're supposed to get done. Very good, Eloise Bobbitt. All right. I love that. Uh, and I think that uh, introduces our entire coterie. Uh, so why don't we get started on the events of the evening as the sun sets over the Arizona desert and dips low and night falls. We begin our scene on a trailer park on the edge of the desert on the highway. And Jeffy, how do you typically begin your evening? The sun is set. Please set the scene for us. Describe your haven, your living situation. Well, uh, haven is a bit of a, a strong word. Pretty um, loose term for you. There is in the back room of the trailer, um, you know, sort of a storage, like a ring latch storage hatch. Um, sort of like the, what would you call it, like the crawl space of the trailer. Um, that, that when the day sleep calls, Jeffy, depending on the evening, if there's no time to get elsewhere to other accommodations, Jeffy crawls into the, uh, into the crawl space, falls into the day sleep. Uh, that room does have several locks, padlocks and otherwise. And... Um, uh, he does his best to, you know, keep himself inaccessible, but it is not a proper haven that he emerges from this evening. So uh, and the floorboard pushes up. I picture the camera, like, zooming in on the floor as, like, the hand swings it open. Uh, you see him uh, sort of smooth out his, his hair, fix his ponytail, uh, put, his, put his slides on, undo all of the locks, and emerge from his bedroom 
And the first thing you hear him say, he looks around, you hear mama? And you hear the uh, blaring sound of the TV in the small living room, Fox News playing, just like mama always watches. And as you call out, you hear her voice answer you. You finally up, Jeffy? Boy, I need you to run to the store for me. Mama's out of her ding-dongs. Ding-dongs, huh? Okay, all right, Mama. Um, anything else? How's your mac and cheese? Come here. Come into the living room. Talk to me proper, Jeffy. Uh, Jeffy moves out of the room into the sort of living area of the trailer. Um, you know, picking up thrown, you know, trash here and there that Mama discards as she goes about her day, uh, making sure it all gets into the trash can, and uh, walks out into the living room to talk to his mama. You see his like shoulders kind of visibly hunched as he walks into the room. Yes, mama. And you see, uh, seated in her usual spot on the couch, um, taking up most of the couch, is this very large woman uh, dressed in... Um, kind of a a stained and tattered old tank top with sweatpants. Uh, She has several food wrappers kind of all around her. Uh, She looks like she hasn't moved in hours. Uh, And she kind of beckons you over with a gesture of her arm as you enter the room. I'm coming. I'm right here. What do you need? She places a hand against your forehead. You still feeling sick, Jeffy? You're you're awful cold still, son. Oh, you know they have me working hard at the hotel. I'll be fine, Mama. It's just these night shifts. Well, it's just been such a long time, boy, that you had that sickness. I just think you ought to be seen by a doctor. You know, I, I know we, we, we can't really afford it, but they got an urgent care a couple towns over. He just kind of like pats her head. Don't you worry, Mama. I'll, I'll take care of it. Let's get let's get you your meds before we worry about mine. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I hope you're talking about my ding dongs. Yes, Mama. I'm talking about your ding dongs. You know I ain't taking them pills the doctor gave me. Mama, I flushed, I flushed them down the toilet, Jeffy. Why <laughs> you don't? Uh, you de- I ain't taking them pills. That's how they get you. Mama, they, pu- they put them mind control it. drugs. I seen it. You Tucker Carlson was talking about it. Now, Carlson, I should have known. I told you how many times not to watch that stuff. It's rotting your mind. All right, Jeffy. Well, you need some money. My purse is right over there. All right, Mom. I'm going to get you some ding-dongs. I'm going to bring you some of, them, uh, some of them special edition ones. That'll make you feel better. All right, you're such a sweet boy, Jeffy. Don't forget I have to work tonight, so I'll be back in a little while. And you see she's already engrossed in Fox News again. So he, you know, uh, grabs his keys. All right, Mama, I'm off. Don't forget to get your steps in tonight, okay? No okay. And closes, yeah, and then he closes the door. And when once he's outside into the cool desert air, 
Um, you just kind of see his shoulders like go back. He like unhunches the minute he's out of the room. Um, gets in his El Camino and does he have time before work to go to Walmart? Uh, he does. He does, in fact, have time before work to go to Walmart. So that's where he's headed. Uh, so make a rouse check for waking up for the evening. So start yourself at one hunger, and then let's see if you get hungry. I do not get hungrier. Staying right. at so you are only at one hunger. So yeah, the, I picture like the engine like like bangs on the dashboard, and then it turns over. It finally, yeah, finally turns over, and you yeah. speed off into the night to. Walmart Supercenter. Open 24 hours. Located conveniently along the highway. Yeah. And you're pretty familiar with this place, Jeffy. You Quite come familiar. here pretty often running errands for Mama. Several times a week for various errands. Various this is also a place where you like to run errands for yourself. Exactly. A very convenient feeding spot for you, but perhaps not tonight. No, I feel like Ricky, Ricky drive, or Ricky, Jesus. Reset. God damn it. <laughs> Jeffy drives past this sort of dim and flickering uh, light post that he likes to park under when it's hunting time mm -hmm. and drives closer to the front of the store, but you see him like kind of track it with his eyes. Um, Parts at the front, heads in. Who's who's the greeter today? <laughs> um, it's old Estelle. Estelle. Okay. She uh, she looks uh, up at you, kind of like old, um, thin neck, like like hunched over a bit. Uh, she looks up at you through very thick uh, reading glasses. Is that you, Jeffy? Oh, well, if it, if it isn't my shining star, good to see you tonight. <laughs> Running errands for your mama again. Oh, you know me, always a good boy. <laughs> always a good boy. Welcome to Walmart. Any, uh, any specials I should know about tonight? Welcome to Walmart. <laughs> All right, so you, uh, you stay awake there. Let me know if you need some coffee. Is that Jeffy? <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Estelle. <laughs> and then you wander off into the store. <laughs> um, and I know uh, that... Not being yeah. here... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, if you have narration to do, I was just going to ask. No, no, no. Please. Yeah. I think Jeffy knows that Mama needs more than just ding-dongs. Like, that's what she asked for, but oh, she's in a chocolate mood. Be... Like, he grabs a few things because he knows that, like, she's going to go through the ding-dongs like that. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so he when he goes, he's walking through the store. Yeah, what's on sale? Oh, jeez, four fifty for choco chip. <laughs> uh, Biden, and then <laughs> and then a little sticker next to probably the yeah. There's definitely <laughs> no real, <laughs> but he does do the uh, four fifty for choco chip. <sighs> And then he goes, you know, checks out with a, a variable mountain of junk food instead of just. 
I think it would be funnier in the world of darkness if you like blame the Ventru. If you're like, thanks a lot, Hardstat. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you you load up on your snacks for Mama yep. before work, and you take them back to the trailer. Yep. Now, Mama, they didn't have the standard. I had to get and you as the soon as you enter, as you enter the room, um, first I need you to to roll for me your dexterity plus your athletics. As Mama's now been drinking and she's in one of her moods, and you have to dodge a flying vodka bottle. All right. <laughs> Bestial failure. Bestial failure. You're All right. <laughs> all right um <laughs> very good uh all right so you um as you are entering the trailer with the snacks you get immediately clocked in the head by a flying <laughs> vodka bottle uh mama is screaming something at you about good for nothing taking my money all the time uh and you hear very little as the beast wells up inside of you, and you feel a compulsion to run and hide. Yep. Uh, yeah, if that's the compulsion, I feel like he totally just, like, tosses the grocery bags. They're probably just out of reach. Like, she's going to have to stand up to get them, and that probably pisses her off more. And he just doesn't say anything. He just turns and, you know, locks the door behind him. You, well, this is this is a bestial failure, so it's really your beast. So oh, you're you're like in in a feral state, bugging out. So I can't even lock the door. So all right, it's like uh, just books it. Doesn't go to the car either. Just out into like the the desert behind the trailer or behind the trailer park. Runs off into the desert behind the trailer park. To the same to the same little place where like him and his you know little gang when he was a kid used to like go away to hide from their parents when they were drinking too much. It's like his safe space out in the desert outside the trailer park. All right. And that seems like a good place to transition over to Shep. Shepard. Shepard, where do you awaken the evening? Well, um, Shepard is going to Awaken in darkness, um, submerged in an underground lake in a cave system a few miles north of the uh, neighborhood of Phoenix where our coterie hangs out in the Skyline Regional Park area. Um, He actually awakens while the sun is still up because he's uh, managed to cling to a bit more of his humanity than than the average kindred. But um, he takes that time to crawl and squeeze his way through the various narrow tunnels and um, passageways to get back up to the surface uh, and then emerges from the mouth of the cave to kind of catch the last bit of uh, glowing sky before it goes fully dark. Uh, And then he makes his way down into um, a little uh, kind of bit of a ramshackled gathering. Oh, I should 
do my rouse check, shouldn't I? Yes, yes, please. Set your hunger to one, and then see if you get hungrier. That is a four, so I do get hungrier. All right, so you awaken with two hunger. So I'll take that opportunity to um, wander down and kind of at the um, uh, where the flat desert meets the beginnings of the foothills of these these mountains. There's a little commune that's kind of developed over the last few years or so. Um, at one point, it might have been more of a uh, ecological research area, but now it's kind of become a bit more culty um, uh, and more just kind of, uh, you know, new age individuals and hippies and teenagers going out to the desert and living there for a while doing drugs and just, you know, pretending like they're making a difference or changing the world, but really not doing a whole lot. But he's going to wander down there um, and uh, he's got a, a friend of his, human, um, middle-aged woman, Tara Lynn, who uh, uh, has actually some background in ecology, uh, but she's kind of taken up in this commune, but she uh, also runs blood drives for the local community when, when needed. Um, and so he's going to check and see if there's been any recent donations. So you, uh, you head down to the commune and you find, uh, Tara Lynn, do you have a do you have an idea of what she looks like? Do you have a thought of uh, middle aged woman, probably in her you know mid uh, late forties, early fifties, kind of like sandy blonde hair, um, still you know fairly attractive, uh, uh, but very tired looking. Um, uh, seems you know the life she's been living out here hasn't been exactly uh, uh <laughs> not exactly an easy life right. yeah, oh, yeah, out, yeah, yeah. yeah out um, in a desert commune yeah uh but yeah you um you see her uh cleaning up from uh dinner that they had just had um and as you approach she notices you oh uh hey shep how's it how's it going tonight uh, night's young, but uh, I have a feeling it's going to go all right. I've, uh, how are things today? Uh, well, honestly, Chef, I've been... Well, it's probably better that I, that I show you. We were, um, we were riding around into town uh, earlier today. And I came across something in the desert that you're going to want to see. All right. Let's take a look. So she'll lead you to a, uh, a Jeep. Uh, she'll hop in, crank the engine, and uh, drive off into the desert, kind of in the direction of town of, of Phoenix. Uh, she drives for a couple of miles, and um, you have heightened senses, right? Yep. 
All right. So, uh, All right. so I'll, yeah, I'll go ahead and let you make a, um, a wits and awareness. And then I think, does that let you add your aspects to that? Is that how that power works? Or is that just. Let me double check. Not had that in a while. Empire. Yeah, that one's that one's one we haven't used as much. Characters, disciplines, aspects. Adds their aspects rating to all perception rolls. Yes. Okay. Cool. Very good. So wits awareness plus wits awareness plus your aspects. Yeah. Right, so it's three, four, two, and two of those are hungry. I'm going to spend willpower. <laughs> All right. For three successes. Three successes. All right. So from a considerable distance away, you spot, uh, even in the darkness, a uh, a lump uh, on the sand, a crumpled body. Uh, and as you get closer, you see that it is uh, it is not a person. It is a mountain lion. Growing closer, you smell the stale scent of blood in the air around it, the scent of death and decay now. His lips like just curl into a snarl when he realizes this. Mm-hmm. And Terrellin drives you right up to it. Found her like this, Shep. Uh, but it, it don't look natural. I'm going to take a closer look after hearing that. Uh, you see that the, uh, the throat of the mountain lion has been ripped away and it has been drained of blood. There is a little spattered blood left around on the sound, uh, around on in the sand uh, at the scene, but the corpse itself is dry. Uh, is there? Does the blood lead off anywhere? Uh, no. It looks like there was there was some kind of something attacked it, you know, presumably a vampire yeah. attacked it here. There was a fight. There's some blood that was spilled during the fight. Um, but the, the body of the mountain lion itself has been completely drained. Um, would I be able to figure out what of the blood splatter belongs to the mountain lion and what belongs to something else? Uh, you would be able to tell that none of it is kindred, Vitae. So presumably, this is all just the mountain lion's blood, and there's not a there's not a tremendous amount of it. Right. So whatever the fight was, the the lion didn't get. It was quick and brutal. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well. <clears throat> I'll take care of this. Don't don't be coming out here alone. Yeah, all right, Shep. Uh, some of the folks at the camp were calling it um, Chupacabra. 
Yeah. Well, let him keep saying that for now. And I'm going to scoop up the body and put it in the back of the Jeep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Guess I'm going to have to do a little hunting of my own tonight. All right. Well, uh, where should we take her, Shep? Uh, drop me off at the foothills. I'll take care of it. You head back to the compound. You got it. She'll speed off towards the foothills. Perhaps the same foothills that Jeffy is headed towards. The cave that uh that he went to as a child nearby. We'll get to that perhaps in a moment. Uh, but let's let's go to Melinda Hart, our Tremere, and see how she starts this evening. So Melinda, first set the scene for us. Where is your haven? Uh, or what rather, what does your haven look like? Um so basically my haven is these like small uh, house. She she doesn't need anything too fancy. She does it's a very orange house, so people notice it every time they pass by it. But inside, it's filled with um, fake candles um, that every night when she wakes up, she turns on to believe she's having the experience of having all this, like, smells of all this, like, candles that bring you peace and, like, serenity and all this stuff. But she just clicks and turns on. Then every... Doorway does not have a door. It has um, the the beads, like those, like uh, <laughs> like beaded curtains. Yeah, it's like the bead curtains. Um, and each doorway has like different colors. Like there's a door that's red. There's a color that's black, yellow, blue. Um, she makes sure to like represent all the colors. Um. And despite all the, you know, she has a lot of colorful um, decorations, but her furniture is white because she thinks that because it's white, it will bring her, like, peace and quiet and she can think. Like, everything outside is chaotic, but then, every, like, the furniture brings peace to her, so she's kind of like that. Um so she's just walking around, making, turning all the candles and like making sure that she's ready to take on the night. All right. And um, make a rouse check, set your hunger to one, and then make a rouse check for awakening to see if you wake up hungry. I don't. All right. So you don't wake up hungry. Um, and then a typical night for you, uh, you, you do your fortune telling at the hotel. Is that right? Yeah. I probably, before I leave my house, I'll check how the Etsy store 
<laughs> is doing like did I make any uh like good like if I made any money or like stuff are selling like what's not selling so like so let's uh let's look at your skills because I think that's a really good way for you to make money is to check up on your Etsy store and to see how good you are at it um so you have a craft skill is that right yep okay um so why don't you roll for me your intelligence plus your crafting and then plus one for your specialty. I got one, two, three, four, five. Five successes. All right. So the quality of your goods is uh, very, very good. Um, and then roll for me your intelligence plus your finance to see how your store, how profitable your store is. You have really good quality goods, so let's say let's add plus two uh, to that dice pool. Okay. So intelligence plus finance plus two. I got three. Three successes. All right. So uh, so you made um, you made about ten sales over the the day while you were in the day sleep, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, you racked in a few hundred dollars over the single day, which is. Um, over the span of a month, um, that's pretty considerable income. What is your current level of resources? I have two dots. All right, so so you're definitely on track for staying like right comfortably in your two dot resources zone with your Etsy store, which is a pretty good place to be. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Melinda is not looking for a lot of money. She just wants to have enough to be okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yeah, definitely by your standards, uh, your Etsy store is doing is doing very well. Uh, so. There was an ambulance going on, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so checking your computer, uh, you ready yourself for the evening. Uh, how, does, how does Melinda dress for the night? She's going to wear a... A white top with a orange puffy skirt that the skirt is, has like circles that are yellow at the outer border and then the center is brown. And then, so it's like all that pattern. And then she has a headband that is the same pattern as the, as the skirt. Um, she thinks it's a very hot night, so she doesn't want to wear the you know, something that will be seen as weird to normal people. <laughs> um, so, and then she's just wearing her sandals, and she does wear a lot of big earrings. That's one of her signatures. She's always going to have big earrings, no matter what. Mm -hmm. What about other jewelry? Does she wear, like, crystals or other, like, she, occult symbols or anything like that? She has a... a bracelet that has the one stone like one of the uh, crystal that she feels it's calling out to her that night um so she usually puts that on the bracelet um and then she has like a pendant mm -hmm. with this crystal that matches the 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 bracelet very cool i think there is wait Give me a second. 
Yeah, and she wears the um, orange stone, so it matches the outfit. <laughs> like a, like a citrine stone. Um, I think it's called uh, the Carne Carnelians. Oh yeah, Carnelian. Mm -hmm. Um, it's to be like store creative energies. Mm. So she's going with that. Very cool. So right. that's how she's gonna dress, and then once she checked her Etsy store, she's gonna go to the hotel and just have like see if there's any clients that want to go see her all right so you head off to the hotel and let's uh let's go check in at the hotel with eloise bobbit <clears throat> eloise how do you begin your evening you you live at the the hotel bella muerte which is um actually let's let's talk for a minute because that's kind of the kindred name for the location that's what it's known as in the the as kind of slang in the the vampire community um, it is itself like a, an old timey roadside motel from like the 1950s, one of those kind of like motor lodges that was built up along the, the major U.S. highways at the time. Um, it's it's uh, two stories, two levels of uh, rooms that are encircling. I have a little like diagram I'll send everybody. Um, actually, yeah, Pat, if you have it, can you just forward that on? Um, there's a swimming pool. There's an open air courtyard with a swimming pool. There's the rooms around, and there's a main kind of like main lobby and cafe building uh, out front that you'll see in just a moment. In, it's a very rough sketch, <laughs> but in the, human, uh, in the human world, is it just like the best Western? Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those. Um, it does have a pool. <laughs> I picture it more like a like a truck stop mixed with the Best Western, right? Like there's there's a little yeah. bit more to it than a Best Western, but not by much. I love the cactus. Yeah. <laughs> no, I sent it to Dust Thread. I guess I'll drop it in Discord too. Okay. Uh, anyway, so so Eloise, um, how do you begin your evening? So, I think Eloise probably has a, um, her haven is probably, like, a room in the hotel, in the motel. Um, and her haven is, like, decked out with doilies and, like, just a bunch of shit with, like, words written on it, like the lip, laugh, love, mm -hmm. love, like, all of that kind of is she in, Is she really into Ray Dunn pottery? I don't know what that is, but probably. <laughs> it's, the, it's the pottery they sell at, like, Target and stuff like that with the really skinny letters on it. Like, the writing, it's like the really skinny letters. Okay. The, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or like a Hobby Lobby blew up inside your room. Yeah. <laughs> a Hobby Lobby, and part of it too is like old stuff, knickknacks that are even older. So it's just this like clash of ticky tacky stuff. Mm -hmm. It probably smells like some her perfume. Mm -hmm. um, um, and 
it, she's just very particular about like all of her little special trinkets and things in, in her room. Um, but again, she has terrible taste. So it, it, you probably, any like normal person would walk in and just kind of cringe a little bit. Probably also smells a little bit like dust because it's hard to clean in all the corners with all those knickknackies. <laughs> Um, but she probably wakes up and um, has probably like a very um, specific wake up routine where she makes um, like instant coffee uh, and she has it in her special cup that has a saucer um, and she probably has, she eats because um, she has the folkloric can eat. Um, eat food merit eat eat food merit yeah (laughs) and so um she will like have her own personal stash of the like shitty um continental breakfast muffins (laughs) that she has with her shitty um what's it called the instant coffee Uh, (laughs) coffee made and she, she importantly um, she has a silver spoon because she has all of her like fancy cutlery, but she wears a glove so it doesn't hurt her. Just mm, her. Very good because she is also has a folkloric bane against silver. Right. So she has her whole little morning routine, and then she probably um, promptly turns her attention to like the operations and all of it that needs to be done uh, to keep the hotel running. So looking at the um, staff and um, any like shipments that are coming in today, any, I imagine there's like some kind of reports or logs that she has. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. The business, the business of the hotel, the, the restaurant that goes along with it. Uh, um, very much so. Uh, so for this evening, you right. start at one hunger and then make a rouse check to see if you start any hungrier. Okay. All right. So what was the result of that rouse check? Um, I will tell you. Uh, unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. So you wake up at two hunger. So you're a little hungry. A little cranky. A little cranky. And as you're settling in to go about your evening routine, you hear from the uh, room next to yours blaring heavy metal music, uh, shaking and vibrating your wall. Uh, You know that this room is occupied by your, uh, essentially your Coterie's Thin Blood Ward uh, foxglove. noise. She can never just be quiet for once. Um, the, the music continues to blare through the wall, vibrating your knickknacks. She's gonna take her gloves off, um, put her little shoes on, and march over to the door and just knock, 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 knock. <laughs> Uh, it takes a, a moment, uh, but you hear like the the chain rattle on the other side, and the door opens, and the music is like impossibly loud uh, now that the door is open. But you see Foxglove, uh, a little like 
she look, appears to be like 22 years old. She has kind of silver platinum dyed hair, uh, dressed in kind of like a new goth uh, style uh, with a, a tank top, uh, kind of loose on her shoulders with a, a big pentagram on it. And as the music's blaring, um, Eloise is going to be just like shouting, which is probably like, Mikhail, turn it down! <laughs> she just looks at you, what? Turn it down! Racket, too loud! <laughs> what? <laughs> the music, turn it down! She turns away and goes, Alexa, stop! And the music just stops. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> Never play that terrible ruckus again! <laughs> <laughs> and you hear from the room the robotic voice of Alexa say, playing that terrible ruckus again. And then the music starts up instantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so she just kind of like, <laughs> and like puts her fingers in her ears and just looks at Foxglove like <laughs> so Foxglove goes over to the stereo and presses a button and, and the music does come down to a high a little bit above the reasonable level and she looks at you it's still a little loud but she's like here she's gonna give her the eye and just like <laughs> give her the look she kind of rolls her eyes and, and pouts, uh, but then turns it down a little bit more until a level you find acceptable. That's better. I don't know how you listen to that music every every evening. Sorry, Anne Eloise. It's just like, I didn't know you were awake. You know, you, you sleep so soundly uh, during the day. If I wasn't awake, I would have been now. Sorry, I just, you know, I guess I just got, you know, lost track of time. It's not a big deal. It Look, I, I, I turned it down. See? Don't you have work to be getting to this evening? <sighs> oh, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I got to show. And she immediately starts pulling out, um, like, very, very skimpy clothing. Uh, like a tiny mini skirt. Uh, she turns the ring light on, so immediately there's, like, like camera lighting all around. And Eloise is just kind of like, Pick your battles, Elo! <laughs> <laughs> and with that, you return to your nightly uh, getting ready routine. <laughs> All right, uh, so Melinda, you were, I believe, heading pretty expressly over to the the hotel, to the motel, rather, to the Holiday Inn, if you will. Um, don't shake your head like that, Pat. <laughs> All right, Melinda, uh, what kind of what kind of vehicle does Melinda have? Um, she's got a little bit of money, I believe, uh, so she can have a car, a motorcycle, a truck. Melinda has a scooter. A scooter. Very cool. What color is your scooter? Is it orange? 
Do you have an orange scooter? Yes. She has a scooter that matches almost all of her outfits. That's what yeah. she spends her money on. <laughs> Scooters. Scooters. <laughs> you have several. <laughs> yes. This right. one's orange. It's a little with a, a basket in the front as if it was a bike. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's a scooter. It's a scooter, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So you pull up to the uh, the parking lot of the uh, the Hotel Villa Marte. And, uh, I it's... give my scooter to the. Do we have a VIP? Uh, not VIP. Uh, like a valet. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> like absolutely not. This is this is like a, a Motel Six kind of situation. Can there be like a section in the hotel that Melinda has made specifically as a parking spot for her scooter? And you can says... definitely have a designated parking spot. Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, I'll have the Melinda Hart scooter parking spot. <laughs> right, right up front, I imagine. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, so as you pull into the parking lot, you see it's uh, it's not very busy this evening. There's only a few other cars uh, as you pull in. It's still early in the evening, though. Um, and you head inside. Do we have Libby? <laughs> Is Eloise. <laughs> if not, we can head back out to the desert real quick. All right, let's. So, so you head inside where you will meet Eloise. Uh, but let's head back out to the the desert um, and start with Jeffy. So, <clears throat> Jeffy, following your Malkavian compulsion, uh, your compulsion to run face blind into the desert. Um. You go to a cave where you used to go as a child. Yep. Um, I'd say, like, during his youth, not even just as a child, like, mm -hmm. when things got too hectic in the trailer park, like, this is where he would come. You came and smoked uh, your stolen cigarettes here. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how, how old was Jeffy at Embrace? Like, how old does Jeffy appear? I think I decided he's like 28, 29, something like that. So like late late 20s. Uh, parent age 30, true age 38. So yeah, late 20s, 30, doesn't really matter. Ultimately. Did we freeze? Check one, two. Just like everything just froze. Did everything freeze for everybody else? We good. You froze for me. Okay. Then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Jeffy, late twenties is what we decided. Uh. Yeah. I have him as thirty on my character sheet, but like. Okay. Yeah. yeah perfect. So. Probably a little, uh, like a little rough looking, you know, kind of weathered, right? You know, trailer park living is not that easy growing up, so mm -hmm. it still bears some of that. Couple of couple of face scars, probably. Mm -hmm. Premature wrinkles. Any tattoos? I bet he has like shitty tattoos that like his friends gave him. Not like anything real, mm. but like um, I don't know. He probably has like a crude mama like, on his shoulder. Oh yeah, <laughs> but just like a stick and poke. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A couple of little things like that, like a heart with with an arrow through it or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, very good. 
All right, so you run off into the desert yep. to this little cave in the foothills. And I think he'd be doing what he always, you know, when to work out his aggression. It doesn't work as well in his undeath, but he's just picking up rocks and like hucking them into the like side of the cave, right? Like mm-hmm. so that they smash because it's you know Arizona. It's all sandstone basically, mm-hmm. right? Huck these sandstone rocks against the wall, like, poof, and he's just like. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, if the beast is involved, just like yelling, like, ah, 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 like, hucking. All right. So, so. As, as you were doing this, seemingly alone, I need you to roll me your wits plus awareness, please. Ooh, that's definitely better than Dex and Athletics. I'm still a little more hungry. Should I be rolling anything? Um... Yes. So as you were dropped off in the foothills, Shepard, I need you to also roll me your wits and awareness. Okay. So um, that's um, go ahead, Pat. How many successes did you get on yours? A, a six success messy critical. I'm on fire. Six right now. success messy critical. All right. Uh, very good so so jeffy here's here's how this is going to play out for you you're breaking rocks making a racket and you suddenly realize as you're doing this as you're beginning to take hold from your beast and, and regain your composure mm-hmm. uh from the the blood compulsion that was directing you you are very much aware that you are not alone in this cave and you see red glowing eyes staring at you from the darkness, from deeper in the cave, and they are feral. And the creature behind those eyes leaps at you out of the darkness. Now, let's go to Shepard. Let's, let's leave that on a cliffhanger for a moment. Let's go to Shepard outside. I also got six successes, not a critical. Okay. Um, uh, so yeah. Shepard, as you as you are uh, finding an appropriate place, I think to to bury the body of the the mountain lion is that what you were doing? Well, is that right? I actually, have a, a a plan for the body, but okay. I'm, basically, I just have it over my shoulders. All I'm, right. So as you're carrying it to stash it somewhere uh, for for later, uh, you hear a, a racket coming from uh, nearby in the foothill uh, from one of the caves entrances that you know it's a cave i know yeah yeah i what think you I know, know this i think you know this whole area pretty well and this okay. is um this this is definitely a place where teenagers go to like smoke and make out and listen to music and worship the devil yeah um okay well i've uh i'm gonna activate my um I think it's eyes of the beast mm-hmm so I can see in the dark. So you also have red glowing eyes, but you aren't the red glowing eyes that leap out at Jeffy. <laughs> Let's just make uh, that clear. Yeah. Um, and I'm also going to oof, I'm going to take, make another rouse check to activate my feral weapons. Mm-hmm. And I succeed. All right. So your fingers grow into claws. Um, and I'll yeah, just drop the the carcass and head off in that direction as quickly as I can, but mm-hmm. quietly as well. All right. So to to be sneaky about it, roll your dexterity plus your stealth. 
Uh, two successes with a possible bestial. Okay, so I think two successes is enough. Uh, you get to the mouth of the cave, you creep in, uh, just in time to see your coterie mate, uh, Jeffy, and a figure leaping out of the darkness to attack him. Uh, you see the the creature has red glowing eyes, and it comes. Well, you can see in the darkness. So you yeah. see it appears to be a uh, a man. Uh, he's wearing only like tattered um, jeans. His torso is is completely uh, naked, and he has a wild look in his eyes. Even behind beyond the the red glow in them, there's a feral look about him. And this uh, is not a kindred I've ever seen before. This is not a kindred you've ever seen before. Um, okay. And I'm, uh, I'm going. But I, w- I will say, um, looking at him, seeing him clearly like this, you know a white when you see one. You you know that this isn't just mere frenzy. That there's not a drop of humanity left to this creature. Yeah. Then yeah. What I was going to say is that I'm going straight for the kill, and that stands. Okay. Um, so, Jeffy, you're getting jumped. <laughs> you see it coming, however. I was going to say, you would hear, like, as, because I did, you know, he's in a compulsion. I did do a messy crit to, like, detect this. He, like, falls back cowering, and you just hear, like, no, Mom, I'll be a good boy. I'll be a good boy, Mom, no. <laughs> so, I'll say, roll your dexterity plus athletics to give you some defense against the incoming clawing. And then you're you're attempting to jump the white as well, uh, Shepard. So yeah. Shepard, roll for me your strength plus your brawl. And then your feral weapons adds to the damage. Yeah, and I have a specialty with brawl for feral weapons. Yes, yes, correct. Trey, I roused the blood and did not get hungrier. Okay, very good. Um, I'm actually going to rouse too, because if this goes well, I'm just going <laughs> to fill up on this one. And I succeed. And I'm going to spend another willpower. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven successes. Seven successes. All right. And how many successes did you get, uh, Jeffy? Oh. Four successes. Nothing All right. The white got zero successes and actually a skull on one of the hunger dice, so he got a complete, total, utter bestial failure, uh, which is very befitting of a white. Um, so he goes to, he lunges at you, Jeffy, but you falling and cowering to the floor just dodges you right out of the way of his blow, and he leaves himself completely open to uh, Shepard as Shep just gets right in with his claws. Uh, and rends into uh, the creature. So what was your intent, Shepard, to... to Tear his throat out. All right. So yeah, you successfully tear the monster's throat out. Uh, Decapitating it? Is that what you're you're doing? You're you're taking its head off, final-deathing it? Uh, yes. Okay. So yeah, you tear its head off, and it begins to fall into a putrid pile of bones and organs. I'll be good, Mama. I swear I'll be good. 
Jeffy. He like does that does that snap me out of it hearing a familiar voice? Yes, yeah, yeah. You hear the voice of your coterie mate, Shepard. I'm just like towering over you with my eyes glowing red. With his eyes glowing red, yeah. You should not be here. Come here sometimes. I'm a, it's a free country. Still America, ain't it? What are you doing here? This is my country. All right, Chef, whatever you say, bud. Oh. Thanks. What the fuck? I'll reach out a hand to help him up. He'll take it. Yeah, he knows you. Should have smelled you coming. Jeez, where you been, bud? Busy. I have a feeling cleaning up this one's mess. Yeah, what the fuck? And he just looks, is it like goop by this time? It's it's pretty putrid, but Shep, looking over it, you can see um, bits of cougar fur still attached to this, this creature around its mouth and things like that. You definitely know this is the, the culprit. This is who you were hunting. I suppose I should thank you. You made good bait. <laughs> Uh, you know me, that's what they always say. Jeffy makes best bait. He's uh, like a like a little boy. So I'm, uh, I'm just going to go now out of your, your country. Oh, fuck. I'm, I'm like... going to hunt. Are you hungry? No, no, no. I'm good. I'm just going to. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go you and that have fun. Um, do I need to like tell someone, or do you, do you not want me to tell nobody? The second option. Yep, you got it. You got it, Chef. Whatever you say. Yep, yep. I'll see you at the hotel later. Okay, look, looking forward there, uh, Chip. Uh, careful claws now, and he'll just like mosey next to you, <laughs> like scooch around. I'll I'll get rid of the feral claws. <laughs> Always a cool trick. <laughs> All right, bye. And then he'll just kind of like go off like at a fast walk. You know, looks over his shoulder a couple times to make sure Chef's not following him, because like, still roommates, but he's still kind of freaky. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're still vampires. No, I'll wait for him to like leave my line of sight, and then I'll. Uh, what I'm gonna do with the the dead cougar is kind of set up a trap for some coyotes. Mm-hmm. I need to eat, and I didn't get a chance to get blood from the uh, herd, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna trap some some coyotes. Yeah, that's uh, that's very cool. So you uh, you leave out the body. <clears throat> I'm not even gonna make you roll for that because I think that's really cool. Um, so you leave out the body of the mountain lion. Uh, do you have an idea? Like, do you have a way you want to trap them, or you just want to like lure them and then jump them when they get there? Um, like, well, there aren't really any trees here, so I can't do a snare trap. 
Um, probably like uh, set up set up some rocks with a figure four trap mm -hmm. and put the body under it so when they come in it just kind of falls on them yeah cool um so with your knowledge of the area wildlife surrounding these mountains uh, doesn't take you long to find a spot to set up the mountain lion to set up your trap and after about a half an hour to an hour of waiting the trap is triggered and you are able to feed. Um, what is your what's your hunger level? Just two. two. Okay. Yeah. So you you catch a couple of uh, of coyotes and f are able to feed down to one hunger. Cool. And then I'm gonna head off to the hotel after that. But I'm probably gonna be a lot later than everybody else. Mm -hmm. Okay. Very good. So what uh what is your mode of transit? What is your transportation? You have a truck. No nope. feet. You, you just yeah. You just okay. So you will be a, a bit later than everybody else. Yeah. Um. Oh man, Jeffy could have given you a ride in his El Camino. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> so, uh, with the hunt successful, he ran out here. Yeah, he's he's got to run back. <laughs> um. All right. So uh, so Jeffy, you get back to the trailer. Back to your yeah, truck. Just, do you do you go back in to see Mama? I mean, you're you're gonna be running late at this point. Yeah, I'm already late. Besides, if she's drinking, it's not worth it. Okay, very good. So you head off to the hotel. All right. Before anybody else, Melinda has arrived at the hotel to see Eloise. Eloise, uh, at this point in your routine, I think you're at the front desk, kind of going over the uh, the day's receipts. When your coterie mate, Melinda Hart, you see her scooter pull up and park in her designated parking spot out, right out front. And she walks in through the front lobby of the motel. Uh, Eloise is, she probably has some like reading glasses just out of habit. Mm -hmm. Probably. And so well, if probably... if you needed glasses in life, you you do still need them as a vampire. So, in your your okay. late fifties or mid fifties, I would say you definitely needed reading glasses. Pretty much everybody does. Okay, so she's just like on the computer, which is probably a super old computer, and just like. <laughs> well, Louise. Mm -hmm. What? Say that again. Hello, Eloise. Who are you? Uh, Eloise holds up her pointer finger in a one-minute uh, expression and continues to type um, to finish her like email or whatever. Click send, and then looks up and places her reading glasses down. Linda, good of you to show up. I always show up. Is there anything I could help you with? Uh, yes, of course. Uh, your usual duties. Uh, the rooms need 
What actually, I'm going to pause so I don't just make this up on the fly. What are Melinda's usual duties? <laughs> yeah, let's let's figure that out. So as as your coterie, uh, the bellhops, you were essentially given domain over this motel about a year ago. The, the local Camarilla court, and your only instructions from the court were to preserve the traditions out here on the fringes of the Phoenix domain. Uh, so that includes like the masquerade and things like that. If any new kindred come through this area, you're supposed to report it to the prince or bring them to the, the prince. Um, and then your only other instruction was that someone must be on the premises at all times here at the motel. Uh, it was unclear why, why this location is important for any reason, uh, but that was the only other instruction, is that someone must be here. Um, okay. And you were to run this as as if it is a normal roadside motel, a bit run down, a bit dingy. Uh, occasionally, the Camarilla uh, has meetings here and things like that, and you were to kind of keep the area secure uh, for those types of meetings. Uh, Ed, do you have a question? Yeah, so the thing about reporting any vampires, would that that would have included this white, right? Oh sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay. But if uh, but if for other reasons you want to keep that quiet, you know, amongst yourselves, you know, because this, that is pretty far out, you know, it's it's out there. If you don't want to draw yeah. unnecessarily attention to your, you know, cave system, if you will, yeah. then then it, that might have been valid. Is it considered part of the prince's domain or is it technically outside of the domain? I think the prince would would still claim this area out here. It's it's a buffer zone. It's it's okay. still pretty close. In that case, then um, I'm going to take the skull with me. Okay, very cool. Uh, okay, so I, oh, I was just going to comment that I feel like Melinda would also help around the hotel in like in the sense of making sure that every room has the. Uh, stuff they need like shampoo conditioner lotion uh face wash some candles you know it's all your like essential oils like herbs and crystal stuff <laughs> exactly okay do you also slip advertisements for your etsy shop in like the bottle oh, yeah. in the drawer every, every bottle has the logo for my shop and like mm -hmm. where to find me and the link it's like yeah it's, a it's all there. Yes. Okay. That probably bothers Eloise, but she's probably um, had this, like, there's probably been a lot of conversations <laughs> about it. Um, to Eloise, she thinks that the Camarilla will be more impressed if she runs this hotel, like, as perfectly as possible, as, like, an actual hotel. So she wants to make sure that everything is clean and tidy, that there are good Yelp reviews, that like business is ready and that she like she's running it like an actual like business and is very what? serious about that. Yeah, at the end of the day, Eloise, you have the most status with the Camarilla here. Uh so you were in essence kind of put in charge, like the most weight of this project lies on your shoulders. Mm -hmm. You have the most to lose here if if you uh, screw it all up, essentially. Um, what is it that you need me to do, Eloise? I, I need to check in on a couple of things before I start. You know my job. 
Well, rooms 2C, uh, 405, 4, They're just random numbers. No, I love that. They're a random number system. <laughs> there's 36, there's 36 rooms randomly numbered. <laughs> 42 and 119 uh, need cleaning. Um, I received a phone call this morning that there's a, a stain in room 43. So you're definitely want to, going to want to bring uh, the cleaning supplies with you and restock all of the all of the toiletries. Melinda is going to put a hand up stop Eloise. Yes? May I remind you that I am not the cleaning staff? Yes, you are the supervisor of the cleaning staff. Work with Fox Club. This is information that you should be relaying to her. If you want to move up in management, you have to learn these things. Well, who says I want to move up in management? Like... Okay, so you said room 405, room what? And then as you probably list the numbers again, Melinda is going to take, like, use her finger to write it in the air as it's a mental note. But she's like, 405, 315, 150, okay. <laughs> Eloise is just gonna put her glasses back on and hit control P on <laughs> 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 computer screen and like print out the paper and then have a highlighter and put the paper on the desk and say 419 22 34B and the stain in 119. Those are totally oh, okay. <laughs> um, then where is Glove? Where can I find her? <sighs> she was awake earlier. I still be in her room listening to that god awful music. I don't even call it music, it's just noise and yelling. That's what the kids these days listen to. You should, you know. Try to learn a thing or two. I'm just fine listening to my Celine Dion. Oh, because your heart will go on? Say. <laughs> it always does, darling. Now get a move on. Near, far, wherever you go. <laughs> I'll be there. Bye. <laughs> I'm just gonna go find Fox Love. <laughs> All right, so, so you go to Fox Love's room. Um, you know, you go out into the courtyard. Basically, you you take a left. Uh, the first room is uh is Eloise's, and then right next to that is Fox Love's. And you can hear the music through the door. She's turned it back up at this point uh, since she heard Eloise wander off. I'm just going to walk into the room and walk towards where the Alexa is. Because probably this is something that... Um... <laughs> okay, so, so, okay, first off, as you walk into the room, um, because you didn't knock, 
but yeah. let's say let's say she did leave it. She did accidentally leave the door unlocked after Eloise knocked earlier. So what you immediately enter on is uh, is Foxglove in very compromising positions in front of a camera. Um, spread eagle, just full everything on display uh, because she's working right now. She's on the clock. And uh, so as you enter, does, does this phase you at all? Or is this the kind of thing you, you routinely see from your child, childer? I walk in, I close the door, turn off the music. Are you sure that is a good position? Is that attractive to people? Don't you want to try something else? Oh, you're right. Should I like do some different angles? And then she like flips over and tries a, a different angle. Yeah, this is better. Yeah, I told you. Um, so I need to talk to you about something. Can you put some clothes on and stop for a second? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. She shuts the lights off. I brought a couple more. Herself. Um, I brought a couple more of the orange crystals because as I was reading more about it, apparently it's uh, it balances and opens the sacral chakra, which stores our sexual energies. <laughs> I'm put a couple around the room. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So oh, those, I talked. Those are cool. Yeah, I know. Um, I talked to it? Eloise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about the music, did she tell you about the music? I've heard about the music. Yes. I mean, I'm not gonna turn it down. Can't you just at least wait until she's gone? I mean, that's what I did. No, you did not. Look, I in fine, fine. I'll play nice with Eloise. Also, we have a job. Um, I need like, to like like a cool job. We gotta like take somebody out. We gotta like cast a spell or some shit. Something cool. Not yet. Um. Room 405 has some cleaning that needs to get done, and 116 has a stain. Oh. Um. Pass. I think those are the rooms. Honestly, I don't even know what's going on. Who made the system? Why don't we just, like, hire some humans to do it? Well, I told Eloise I would take care of it. I didn't tell her how, so sure. Okay, so why don't we, like, put a job listing on Indeed or something? You... It's, it's, okay, it's, it's on the internet, it's like a website. Okay. And we can get someone that way? Yeah, we, we put a job posting, like a listing, saying, hey, we're hiring, uh, like, cleaning people, cleaning staff for this great motel that we work at. And then we just have to pay them. And I don't think we have to pay them like a lot of money. Pat, do you have, have a, a question or comment? Oh. Sorry. We do have a retainer who's supposed you, to run the cleaning. You do have, uh, they're basically like the daytime crew, I think. Got it. Um, 
they run the place like while well, Eloise is is asleep. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I have them here. They are uh, Wendy is your day shift manager, and Pete is your uh, day shift maintenance person. So there's only two of them. They do the best they can. <laughs> um, but as far as the night crew goes, you guys are are essentially the night crew at this point. Do you think we need to tell Eloise about this? I don't think Eloise would understand this. I think she'll be okay with it. I'll get her as Celine Dion to me. Yeah, perfect. But, like, as for tonight, can't you just, like, um, Sorcerer's Apprentice the rooms or some shit like that? You know the deal. We have to help around here. I know, I know, but, like, Sorcerer's Apprentice, like, you animate the brooms, they sweep the room clean. You can do that, right? I can supervise while you do it. Well, I kind of, I kind of thought I wouldn't do the cleaning because I've got look, I've got, I've got work to do. You know, this makes us money. And she gestures to like the dozen pictures of her butthole on the screen in front of you. Yeah, I still don't get that. Well, Fine. Okay, you know, I'll take care of it. You're off for tonight, but tomorrow you're helping. No, tomorrow we'll have the humans to do it. We're paying attention to the plan. Who's going to train the humans? Not me. You just tell them to go clean things. Do they really need to be trained? Be like, hey, Fox clean the room. Foxglove, Fox please. <sighs> Fine, I'll come help. Okay. Now put on one of those stones in one of your pockets. It might help you tonight. <laughs> she will take one of the the uh, carnelian stones and place it in the pocket of her uh, black denim jacket that she puts on. Do you think we should find one a companion for Eloise? Do you think that might be good for her so she might be nice to you every once in a while? Oh, yeah, that might be. You know, I think she does get kind of lonely. She does seem like pretty sad most of the time. We're having this discussion as I'm like walking out. Yeah, as we're going like room to room cleaning. And I think around this time is when when Jeffy would show up to the hotel. So Jeffy... Like the squealing breaks of the El Camino. Of the El Camino. uh, You pull in. You you can hear about the block away basically. Now Melinda has a designated parking space. Does Jeffy have a designated parking space? He wouldn't have asked for one. Depends on if he was given one. It's a question uh, for Eloise, yeah. Do you give designated parking spaces to your coterie mates, or is that too conspicuous? Just just Melinda because she insisted upon it. <laughs> employees have to park in the back. Employees have to park in the back. All right, except for Melinda, who insisted upon her parking space up front. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so yeah, Jeffy parks, and you, he, like, comes in probably to the front desk first, and he's, like, putting on his work shirt, you know, he's like, oh, I'm, re- I'm real sorry, Miss Eloise, I just, you know, I got caught up, and it won't happen again, I know I'm 45 minutes late, I didn't mean it, 
Jeffy, I don't want to hear excuses. Just get in the kitchen. The prep work hasn't been done. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, the bar was supposed to open 15 minutes ago. Just get in there. We have to make sure that we're serving our customers. The customer always comes first. Yep. Just get in there and get started. You're, you're right, ma'am. I'm, I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, I got, yep. And he just like heads out to the empty restaurant <laughs> and, <laughs> and like opens up. <laughs> he, like I don't know, starts prepping the like shitty meatloaf or whatever the special is going to do. Yeah, that. what's what's on the menu tonight, Jeffy? Yeah, let's call it uh, meatloaf and mashed potatoes because the ground beef's about to go bad and the potatoes are sprouting. Uh, so that's the special. Mm-hmm. And Eloise is probably following you in and tidying up and like wiping tables and stuff because you were late just to like right. catch up to, to be able to open or whatever. Mm-hmm. Jeffy actually had the cooking craft? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, at least. I actually think that Foxglove yeah. does. <laughs> uh, even better. Only one dot, but like the, the craft is cooking. Yeah. She's an alchemist. I thought it fit. fit. Uh, it does fit, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Jeffy does not. He's not a good cook by any stretch of the imagination. Good bartender, though. Faceline bartender is uh, not a bad thing in a place like this. So maybe uh, maybe once Fox Club is done helping uh, Melinda straighten up the rooms, she'll come into the kitchen and help with the cooking. <laughs> Jeffy, you are you're straightening up. Do you say anything to Eloise about what you encountered earlier tonight? Um, I guess I would have had to rewind. Let's see, is he more afraid of the gang girl or wanting to suck up to the person's status? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question for Jeffy. I mean, he's not really a coward except for when it comes to mama. So yeah. Uh, and you are you are kind of trying to ingratiate yourself exactly. to Eloise because you're you were late. If you were late yeah. with juicy information, she'd be more information more. Yeah, so so if Eloise inclined is to forget, you know, set up set up the booths and like, like taking chairs down. Yeah, exactly. Of course, when we close, we have to put the chairs up. So mm-hmm. I trust that they take another to go faster. Like, yeah, uh, just you know. Don't tell him that I told you, but I, uh, I mean, you, uh, well, I was out in the desert tonight, and um, in the desert. Well, don't wait. It's a long story. Um, I got uh, jumped by some nigger, and it's okay. I'm fine. You, uh, you jumped? No, I got I got jumped you, you, in the desert. What does but, that mean? Oh, you know, like when somebody like jumps out of you, and then they try to hurt you. Someone tried to hurt you? Oh, yeah. She, like, drops the chair at that. Oh, but that's... Oh, okay, I'll fix that later. Um, Who tried to hurt you? Oh, I don't know, but it's cool. You know, um, uh, Chef was there. He didn't want me to tell you, but he saved me. It's all good. But also, don't tell him that I said anything, but I just... That's why I was late, because I got jumped in the desert. I swear I'm not making that up on my mom's grave. You were attacked in the desert, and Chef helped you. Yes. You know I have a bad feeling about that ship. Oh, well, we need real scary. Y- yes? yes? Oh, he's coming here later, he said. He's coming here? Uh, yeah. For what? Does he have business here? Uh, he, I mean, 
I don't know. I didn't ask yet. It's, you know, when it gets all sharp like that. Yes, yes, I understand. He can be very intimidating. But Jeffy, you have to, you have to learn to try and get more information. Because now I don't know how to prepare for his visit. Well, I gave you what I, what I had. Scary, scary red eyes, and then another scary red eyes. But those ones helped me and didn't try to hurt me. So who attacked you? A group now. I don't know. I didn't get a good look. But they were they were they were kindred because they fell apart right after, you know. That's not good. I I like I said, I mean, I wasn't supposed to tell you, but I, I'm here and I'm telling you. So just remember I told you. Yes, very very good, Jeffy. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Keep keep opening the bar. And and I'll I'll talk to Shep later today and, and see what see what he's coming for. You got it, you got it, Miss Eloise. I'm on it. Customers will, will be right every time. That's exactly right. And then she fast shuffles. <laughs> Toddles off. <laughs> All right. So uh, Melinda and Foxglove. You've uh, finished cleaning the rooms. Uh, the bar is opening soon. Um, Melinda, is your is your little fortune telling studio right off of the the restaurant, or is it? I mean, it would definitely be in the main building of the the hotel, the the lobby and cafe building. Yeah, I feel like it would be yeah very close to the restaurant, so it's something that people can see easily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll probably take in a lot of drunk patrons and kind of mystify them. <laughs> All right, mm -hmm. so you head over. Uh, Foxglove heads uh, back to the kitchen. So as she comes in, she passes you, Jeffy, at the bar. Uh, Hi, Jeffy. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, hey there, Miss Melinda. How you doing uh, this evening? Pretty good. Had to do some cleaning, though. So. Oh, see, got some, got some new rocks. Those are those are pretty. Yeah, thank you. Would you like some? Oh, can I take a? I, I go into my pocket. Well, before you can answer, like I go into my pocket and just take out like a handful of rocks or like crystals. Oh, oh, that's very kind. I think all of my um, uh, what do you call them things? My chakras. I think they're all lined up. So not tonight, though. But thank you. Well, you know, I'm going to grab your hand. I, I think you should have one at least. It's always good to have one. I'm going to give you three, actually. I'll, I'll make sure I keep them close, close to my heart there, Miss Melinda. Yes. Does she have a drawer at the bar that just has like rocks? Sure, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> so he puts them in the drawer with all the other crystals that Melinda's giving given him over the you know, months or years or however long we've been together. As uh, as you're talking at the bar, you hear from the kitchen behind you, Oh, what the fuck? Jeffy! And oh, uh, Foxglove comes storming out of the kitchen wearing like a white, like, you know, cook's apron uh, yeah. at this point. Uh, and looking pissed off, carrying a chef's knife, and and just kind of pointing at you. Uh, what the fuck did you do to the meatloaf? 
Oh, I just, I, I mean, you weren't here. The prep wasn't ready. We have to open. So, I, you know, I'm, I started up for you. Help out. Jeffy, what did you put into it? Uh, just a little ketchup and some bacon grease, a little brown sugar, uh, and some horseradish. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what you actually like put in that brew and a meatloaf, but. <laughs> yeah. And like, at, like now you're noticing the smoke kind of billowing up out of the kitchen. Oh, well, it was, it was extremely flammable. Whatever you did, no, I put it out. Okay, that's good. That's good. Uh, maybe a little bit too much bacon grease. Are you not supposed to use the whole jar? No, no, Jeffy, you're you're not supposed to use the. the uh you stay out of the kitchen. I, I won't. I won't tell Eloise this time. All right. Sorry, Foxglove. Uh, thank you. And she's like not even uh, listening at this point. She's like stored back in. You, as you say thank you, the, the kitchen doors, like the swinging doors slam shut. You know, he turns to the and he's like, I don't know what she's so mad about. I was the one who left here with my tail in the wind because I was definitely here on time. Melinda's just going to give you a look. He looks well, he's just like looking at you back. <laughs> like what? We just have a staring contest for like five minutes, just like staring. Like, what do you mean? Um. Well, it, it looks like you have your hands full, so I'm actually gonna go. Um, and I'm gonna go to to my little like fortune telly parlor. <laughs> My parlor, my, what was the name that I came up with? Hold on, it was Lavender's Night Studio. <laughs> All right, so what is what does this space look like? How how do you have it decorated? I feel like Eloise would not have let me have a big room. So yeah, it's, it's probably, probably a pretty, an intimate space, cozy, if you will. Not too big, but kind of like one of those janitor closets that I have maybe rearranged to have the table and then the curtains and the candles, fake ones. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's very small. There's just a table in the middle, all of my supplies on the side, and then the, the two chairs. Mm-hmm. So you go and set up shop. Perhaps you have like a neon sign that lets uh, patrons know that you're open. Yes, I want the. I feel like the sign needs to say something. Like, come and learn about your future. I don't know. I, I have to think about it. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So oh, you will eliminate your. Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the psychic is in. <laughs> and I'll yeah. just wait. So you set up your shop, Jeffy is running the bar, and slowly a few mortal patrons begin to filter in for the evening. Uh, A couple of your kind of towny regulars, uh, a trucker or two, and uh, your regular biker patrons make their appearance. The Hellraisers Motor Club, Motorcycle Club, and Razor is spelled R-A-Z-O-R, so the Hellraisers. 
um, led by their uh, firebrand, loudmouth leader, Lucy Lipensky. Uh, so the, at this point, uh, when when they arrive, the, the bar is pretty hopping, or as hopping as it gets out here on the edge of the desert. And yet I still have two pitchers of whatever it is they drink ready to go for when they come in. <laughs> and I just, like, I just like catch one of their eyes as they come in and put them up on the bar so that they, they can like grab them as they walk to their regular table. Yeah, yeah. And as they go to the regular table, yeah, they're a small party that has uh, already taken up space there. And immediately the Hellraisers just run them off yeah. uh, and claim the booth. And sometime as this party's getting started, Shep, you walk up out of the desert. You see the neon sign for the motel. Um, yeah, I'm just going to head in the front door. All right, so you see Eloise sitting at the front desk, clacking away at the old-timey computer she has set up there. Shep! Yes, I was expecting you. Uh, is there uh, like a room off of this main uh, entryway that's more like an office or private, or is it just... Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's an office behind the front desk. Shep's just going to nod at the at the office. Yes, yes, come on in. The office, I imagine, is like your classic workplace uh, break room with like a plastic fold-up table and like all of the signs on the wall that are all the like HR policies that they have to legally the, like uh, OSHA sign and everything. Yeah, and like there's probably like some snarky vampire has like written stuff on them, and then Foxglove definitely has. <laughs> yeah, and Eloise has tried to like erase or cover up um, whatever Foxglove has written on them. Foxglove has like drawn dicks on the signs. <laughs> <laughs> And there's probably like a really tacky tablecloth over the shitty plastic table. Also a doily. Also a doily. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Please have a seat. Can I get you anything to drink? I'm good. Had an interesting night. And then I pull out the skull from under my coat and set it on the table. Had to deal with a stray. Thought you might want to run it up the flagpole. And Eloise, um, maybe with like a pen, <laughs> like picks up the skull through like the eye hole and looks at it. Uh, is this what attacked um, my boy Jeffy? Told you about that, did he? Yeah. It was uh, a white by the look of it. Hmm. There have been more and more instances recently. Yeah, I figured I should come by, keep an eye on this place since we're so far 
out in the wilds. Yes, well, thank you uh, for taking care of this one, and, and do keep me apprised if you encounter any more. Will do. Anything else I should be aware of? No, I think that's it. I'll be in the bar. All right. Well, do do give Effie a hand if he needs any help back there. You know how these human customers get. Yeah, he can be a handful. Nothing you can't handle. Go on now, go on. <laughs> Um, and I leave and head over to the bar. <laughs> so you head over to the bar, passing by uh, the fortune telling parlor on the way. You notice that the sign is illuminated. Uh, do you have any kind of relationship with Melinda? Do you think, Shep? Uh. Or Chef and Melinda. Would I see him walk by my tiny room? Like, do you walk like in front of it? Like, like yeah, as you're going to the bar. I mean, imagine like you you have to pass it on the way to the bar. That's how you get. So I can just scream your name, Chef. Hi. <laughs> you could, yeah. <laughs> so I do that. No. How are you tonight? Well, I look around. Are there there are people here, right? Uh, they're in the bar. There's no one immediately in the room. I'm alone in the room. Mm -hmm. Got into a scrap. Oh no! What what? What do you come sit sit and I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna push him towards one of the chairs and I'm gonna grab out of one of my essential oils and like wrap them uh, like wrap them in my hands and just like do like this like a hand motion around his head to like good vibes. <laughs> what, is, what is that doing with my heightened senses? <laughs> yeah, you uh, I mean, do you like the smell of essential oils? Do you think? They're I natural. They're earthy. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. It smells Maybe. like fantastic, like high quality essential oils. Mm. It probably is very relaxing to you, actually. Maybe yeah. I'll go to like like your what is it, the temple? The, the temples, the... yeah, like like rub the oil into the temples, like massaging. Yeah, exactly. Tell me what what happened. Jeffy up in the hills getting attacked by something wild. Not. No. No mind left. One of us. Went down easy enough. Do we have a lead as to what it is? 
vampire. Sorry, kindred. But too far gone. Well, it's not a good thing that this is happening close to us. We might have to figure this out before we warn the others. I don't know what's to figure out. Some people just can't handle this life. Yeah, but they can breach the masquerade. So we just gotta put them down before they can. Did anyone see you? No, it was middle of nowhere. Well, I'm very glad you were there to help Jeffy. He does need some help every once in a while. Didn't look, uh, <laughs> didn't look like he was in a good spot, but, uh, well, sometimes we're in the right place at the right time. Did you tell Louise? Yep. Well, let me know if you need anything from me. And you take this essential oil with you, and before you go to sleep, put it a little bit all around you. It'll bring peace. And I'm going to give you, like, three bottles. Keep it in mind. Much appreciated. Okay, now go. Don't scare off any customers. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> Get up and head over to the bar. Alright, so you leave Melinda's parlor and head into the bar. You see Jeffy tending the bar. You see the usual regulars. Uh, not too many people. It's pretty sparsely populated, but uh, the people that are here seem to be enjoying themselves. Uh, you know the Hellraisers. Uh, you see them in their usual spot. They're playing darts, getting pretty yeah. rowdy. I'm going to uh, blush a life so I can drink. All right. And remember, you get to roll twice for blush of life. Um, if well, you need I to. got it. I succeeded on the first one, so mm -hmm. I'm good. All right. Probably toast them as I'm sitting down. Yeah, they will return your toast and um, invite you over if you'd like to play darts with them. Uh, before I do, um, Jeffy's pouring the drink. Yeah. I figure he'd probably just like the um, bikers. Like, if he sees you come in, he'd get whatever it is that you usually drink when you come in, a bottle or a pitcher or whatever, and just, like, leave it at the end of the bar for you. All right. Uh, so I'll grab it and head over to the bikers then. Um... You see, uh, you see their right. leader Lucy, uh, basically holding court at the booth. Hey, Shep, how's it going tonight? And she'll hold up her beer to toast you. Same old, same old. Yeah, raising hell out there. Something like that. 
What are you and your boys getting up to? Uh, you know, the usual. Jeffy's keeping us uh, pretty well stocked over here. Been a little while uh, since you made it down this way. Yeah, well, I keep busy. Yeah, I'll bet you do. Still, uh, still running the the feds. They were looking right. for you last time. I uh, checked. Yeah. So. <laughs> Not good for me to walk around the more populated parts, so stick to the hills. Yeah, well, they ain't coming around here. Don't really consider this to be too populated. At least nah. not by anyone with any self-respect. <laughs> I like you, Shep. Oh. Actually, might have something you could help me with. Oh, yeah? You got a job for us? Hmm. More just if you hear anything. Been getting wind of some poachers in the area. Oh right, yeah, you're you're all about them uh them big cats, right? Yeah. Mm. Somebody been stealing them off your, your turf. Someone's killing them. Oh, killing them shit. That's some fucked up shit, man. I, I tell you I got a I got a soft spot for for cats. Uh, I, I got three at home myself. Uh, not cougars, obviously, uh, regular cats. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Shep. If I well, hear anything, I'll uh, we'll, we'll pass it on to you. Appreciate that. That's some fucked up shit, man. Well, I'll just I'll knock on the table and then head off and find a corner to post up. All right. So, Jeffy, you've been hanging out at the bar, pouring drinks. Yep. What do you what do you typically do in your night? How what do you when you, you tend bar? I think that it's like one of the rare not rare, but like when Jeffy's in a situation that isn't like you know, he doesn't have to worry about mama, he doesn't have to worry about his like mortal trappings at all ever. He kind of like comes into his own, so he's he's like a chatter. He likes to chat with the regulars who sit at the bar. Uh, kind of like, you know, he's not uncharismatic when he's not all up in his head. So like, that's kind of he's that kind of bartender. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> it probably takes him a minute to like figure out which regular is which because they're a lot, like, especially with the the uh, hell raisers because they all wear the same vest and yeah, they have yeah. silver long hair. And so he has to like figure out which patch is which, but he figures it out. And then once he knows, he's like, he remembers, you know, oh, oh, uh, how's a, uh, you know, how's your cousin? I heard she had her baby. That's great. Good for you. Like that kind of thing. Like really trying to appreciate himself to the patrons. Cause you know, 
Eloise said, you got to keep keep the customers happy. Yeah, you do have to keep the customers happy. So, Jeffy, to to represent this, let's make a let's do a, a check. Uh, let's do a skill check for of your charisma plus your persuasion. Let's say. Not too bad. Not the worst. One hundreds. Two successes. Two successes. All right. So you you keep the the sparse patronage decently entertained tonight with your conversation, uh, and you make a decent amount in tips. Can I? Yeah. What were you gonna say? I do have a performance specialty in tall tales. Oh yeah, no, no, no! Please, please, let's. Okay, so let's 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 roll that instead. Um, so why don't you roll your charisma plus performance? It's the same. It's the same dice pool. I just want to flip it to that so that he's like. Oh sure. He's kind of like unbelievable. Tall yeah, tales yeah. To, to mixed, yeah, to to mixed response, yeah. we'll say, and to mixed response tonight. Cool. Um. Eloise, as you were manning the front desk, the you had your meeting with Shep, you come back out, you're you're looking over the books. Not a whole lot of bookings for the next couple of weeks. You really gotta work on that. Maybe take some better pictures of the rooms to put online. You don't really understand that, but Fox Glove seems to, so maybe she can figure it out. Uh you're probably writing this all down. Uh when the front doors open again and another familiar figure enters. Um, you see Rook. He is a courier for the Camarilla, uh, Clan Gangrel. And he's wearing uh, bootcut jeans with Nike sneakers, uh, and he's got a, a like, loosely buttoned, kind of wrinkled button-down shirt with a members-only jacket pulled over it, and wafer sunglasses. And as he enters the lobby, he raises the sunglasses like, up to the, the top of his head, Eloise, uh, can we talk for a minute? I need your help with something. Yes, of course. And, and if you mean you need my help ironing your shirt, you know we have uh, <laughs> irons in this establishment uh, right this way. Uh, actually, we we might want to talk in the parking lot. I have I have something I need to show you. Um, it's in my car. You'll understand why I'm here and why we need to keep this hush-hush. Uh, yes, okay. And um, she kind of, like, straightens out her own clothes to see who or what may be waiting in the parking lot. Uh, Ed, do you have a question? Do I hear any of that? Um, so this would be when you are, like, at the bar, essentially. So you, would, you wouldn't be hearing um, Eloise would be alone for this encounter. Uh, but uh, Rook will lead you uh, out to the parking lot where his uh, Toyota AE86 hatchback is parked. Um, now, don't freak out. Um, I had to... I, I just... You'll understand. Uh, and I will... I promise I will explain. But just <clears throat> be cool. Uh, when have and you he... ever known me to be cool, Rook? 
Uh, I think I think in this case he probably will be. And he opens the passenger side door of his car, and there is a child sitting in the passenger seat. Mm. Um, she looks to be uh, probably eight to ten years old. This is Molly, uh, and she needs a place to stay for a couple of nights. And he'll kind of give you a crooked smile as he says this. So Eloise is going to like crouch down and smile and be like, well, it's lovely to meet you, Molly. Give me one second. The grown-ups need to speak a little bit. Give us one second. She'll just nod. <laughs> and she slams the door and just looks at Rook with her like stare. Her sternest look. <laughs> you can start explaining any time, dear. Uh, oh, yeah, a kid. Yes, a, a human child. Um, Still human? Yes, yeah, completely human. Totally human. That's why she doesn't know anything about what's really going on here. Uh, her Her dad was a ghoul who worked for the court of tucson he got into some trouble she saw a little too much and now the prince of tucson wants her and he does the the finger across the throat motion but we are not gonna let that happen right eloise i can get her to safety i i can get her somewhere safe I, she just we just need to lay low here for a couple of nights. You know how to feel about disobeying orders. Right, yeah, but this is this isn't your prince, you know? Uh, and hopefully we don't need to bring this to her. We can just quietly and we'll be gone. Hey, we'll be gone in a couple of nights. And I'll owe you one. I'll owe you one. Oh, you'll owe me a big one. Yeah, I'll, I'll owe you a big one. Oh my goodness, goodness, goodness. Okay, well, and then she starts looking around, now scared that, uh, of anyone um, to see. And then she'll be like, well, let's see. I, ha- I, have a, I have a suitcase, a spare suitcase. We can... <laughs> Put her in that, and then uh, put her in the room. No, so we don't... No. Um, Eloise, I don't. She's human. I don't think we can put her in a suitcase, but a, a room would be great, you know. And and we'll we'll stay there. But what if someone sees her? I mean, if someone sees her, they'll just think she's a guest here, right? Okay. Well, get the girl and follow me. Be be swift. <laughs> he'll uh he'll open the the car door again and just kind of give the, the little girl a reassuring smile um we're just gonna go this way um this really nice lady is gonna put us up for the the night uh just grab your stuff and uh the girl grabs a backpack and a uh, stuffed bear and hops out of the car and follows after you eloise okay uh is Rook coming in too? Or yeah, like... yeah. Rook is Rook is trailing behind uh, the both. Um, Eloise is kind of 
muttering to herself as she's like shuffling along. What are we going to do now? I have to feed this child. How are we going to keep her quiet and occupied? Um, just try to, like working through all the logistics and worries in her mind. Mm-hmm. So you head inside. Where do you bring? Where do you bring them? Um. So. She's going to find um, an empty room, grab the key, and, like, find, like, a room that's furthest away from, like, any occupied room. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, um, well, come along then, come along. And, like, walk, walk them to the room. Um, she might stop by if there's, like, a back door to the kitchen just to grab snacks and cookies and things. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know. I don't think she would have coloring books <laughs> <laughs> or anything. Printer uh, paper and big pens. Yeah, some of like... the crystals. You can give her some of the crystal that. Jeff I was gonna say you, you would know that Foxglove has video games in her room. She yeah. probably has like a switch light or something like that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Eloise is gonna like probably walk in and see the camera set up and weird shit and be like, yeah. Oh, Fox Club and her ticky talkies. And <laughs> she's probably gonna grab like a controller and like the wrong system. Like it's not gonna mm-hmm. or like the wrong games to go with the wrong system mm-hmm. and just like grab whatever. And yeah, grab some like printer paper and highlighters. She she has kids. She knows how to keep kids occupied. Oh yeah. All right. So you set them up in a room far off from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keep them occupied. Mm-hmm. Is is Rook staying with the kid too, or we're babysitting? Um. He seems like he's intense to to hang around, but perhaps now that the the kid is out of sight, you can have a more private conversation with him about what's going okay. on. Okay. So, are you babysitting, or are we babysitting? Just to be clear. I mean, I I have to run back out into the desert to make sure the people following us don't come here. Uh, so I might be gone for a night or so, but I'll. I'll be back to collect her. That was the answer I was expecting, but not the answer I was hoping for. Very well, very well. Ah, uh, you're a saint, Eloise. Thank you so much for helping with this. I promise I will I will pay you back whatever you need help with. Yes, yes, you will pay me back. We we will figure that out to be sure. Uh tell me, is this uh is this child Obedient? Uh, I mean, so far, yeah. I mean, I think she was pretty scared, the the stuff she saw. But uh, you know what they say: a scared child is a bad child. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure she's in good care with you, Eloise. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Eloise wants to have a. Uh, conversation um, with the kid. Mm -hmm. She's going to crouch down again and say, 
All right, dear. We, whatever you need, we will take care of. We've got you snacks, you've got cookies, you've got chippies. We've got coloring books and some literature. We have video games to keep you busy. The important thing is that you must remain quiet. No making noise if you need anything. The phone here will reach me at the front desk, but again, do not need anything and do not make noise. She looks you right in the face and says, you're a funny clown. Is that a provocation? Is that a provocation? <laughs> you just frenzy on the child. <laughs> Look, I have very unfortunate memories. So, <laughs> Eloise is very calmly um, going to um, I don't know if there's like a belt or a ruler or something. Maybe the remote control in the room. She's going to like not say a word. And then, like, grab the kid's wrist and just, like, smack her on the wrist. Oof. <laughs> say, now, what did we say about making noise? <laughs> she immediately, like, pulls her hand back and just kind of, like, boils fear. That's right. Rook uh, kind of steps in. All right, Eloise. Uh, that's, I think, good for now. Let's leave the poor kid uh, here alone. All right, all right. Sweet dreams. <laughs> You're just this is like horrid, lumpy monster just saying sweet dreams. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So with that, uh, Rook will kind of go with you back out into the little walkway outside the open air courtyard. Uh, I imagine like the furthest one away, you're probably up on the second floor. Uh, so you step out and you're overlooking the pool in the middle. Okay. Um, and Eloise wants to go find Melinda. Okay, yeah. So this is a good place to flash over to Melinda. We are going to open our scene in Melinda's parlor. So what do you typically do, Melinda, when you are in there by yourself kind of waiting for clients? Um, hmm, what do I do? I guess I'll, like, probably have a small section in order to, like, maybe create a couple more, like, new uh, combinations for, like, lotions or have like that. I'll probably try to create new things for the Etsy shop. Um, I think I'll also keep an eye out on what... Um, Foxglove business, like how it's doing, and like if it's okay and nothing is, you know, breaking the agreement that we had. Yeah, you scanned through her OnlyFans account uh, through the recent posts, and um, yeah. it's it's all. Um, very uncensored, uh, but nothing potentially masquerade breaking, nothing nothing vampiric, 
so keeping to your agreement, she looks like she's just a typical person, a normal normal girl on OnlyFans. And then OnlyFans. <laughs> and as um, you're like searching this on on the computer, um, you hear the the click clack of the beaded curtain behind you of someone coming in. And I quickly as you... closed the <laughs> um, So yeah, as you like quickly shut the laptop, um, you see a uh, a woman standing in the doorway, uh, just inside the the beaded curtain, wearing a very fine, immaculate uh, gown of uh, definitely like Italian designer make. Uh, with matching shoes, a clutch purse, and very uh, fine jewelry, she wears one of those like little hats on her her head with the like veil, um, kind of like nineteen forties style, um, with a, a black veil covering her eyes. And uh, she has long dark hair, but it's kind of pinned up into uh, a bun. Oh, hi. Yes, please, please come in. Ah, good evening. Are you open? Of course I am. Yes, yes. Sorry, I was just checking on some things, but come on, come in, come in. <laughs> yes, I could see. What brings you here? I believe we have some business we could discuss. You see, I dabble in the occult arts myself. Wonderful. Uh, perhaps we could have a seat. And she'll kind of gesture to the, the fortune-telling table. Yeah, I, I probably, as, like, as I'm telling her, like, come in, I'm, like, walking to the other side of the table to take a seat, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she'll sit opposite you. Um, you notice that she's wearing gloves. Like, like silk, like driving gloves, like everything about her 1940s Italian style. Okay. So, how is it that I'm going to help you? Well, how is it that I'm only just learning that the great Melinda Hart is kindred? Um... I am going to smile. Wait, let me get more comfortable. Hold on. Um, sorry, Pat. Um, I'm going to smile at her. What was your name again? I think I've missed it. Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. And she will extend her hand to you, her gland. Rochelle Giovanni. Rochelle? Yes, yes. Perhaps you've heard of my family. I may have, yes. And, well, of course, I am familiar with the reputation of your clan. Okay, so? Well, what given your... Some of your uh, online business dealings. I, I thought you might be able to help me procure some 
ritual reagents of a more rare nature. What are those reagents? Well, I can have my man send over a list. Uh, you can fill whatever. I mean, any, anything from it would be helpful to my research. What's in it for me? Well, I can provide money, of course. What else might you desire? Money should be good for now. Send me the list. I'm so glad we can do business together, Miss Hart. Please. I am just Melinda Hart, owner of Hart Mystery Boutique. That's and that is a all. lot longer to say than Miss Hart. Well, just maybe start practicing. I'm kind of quirk an eyebrow at you as she rises to leave. I'm going to give her one of my crystals. I'm going to give her. Um, you know what? The theme is orange. I'm going to give her one of the crystals, but this time it's not just a crystal, it's like a necklace that I know she's not going to wear, but um, I'm going to give it to her and just smile. Please. Yeah, she'll take, she'll take it in her hand and, and kind of like hold it up. This is lovely. Thank you. And she'll kind of like tuck it into her like inside coat pocket. When should I expect this list? Oh, I'll have it delivered first thing tomorrow night, if that's all right. I can drop it off at your place of business here. Of course, here is perfect. Very good. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you at last. Just a um, quick question before you leave. Um, how did you find out about me? Oh, word gets around in certain circles. And she'll kind of give you a wink as she says circles. Well... I'll be happy if I get to see you again. Have a great night now. You as well. And you'll hear the clickety-clack of the parting of the beaded curtain as Rochelle Giovanni takes her exit. I'm going to try to spray some of my lavender mist that I also sell at my Etsy shop. Oh, that was quite the interaction as I spray around. <laughs> and Eloise, this is uh, this is how you would find Linda when you come to look for her. Yes, yes, Melinda. Um, how are all the rooms? Did you clean all of the rooms I asked you to? Can it be possible that as I'm spraying and, like, Eloise walks in, like, some of the spray goes into her face? 
Melinda, uh, did you make sure that those rooms got cleaned that I asked you to? Please, hi. Yes, they were clean. Very good, very good. Um, I have another task for you. Um, recall earlier when you were saying you you don't want to to do be stuck with the cleaning jobs. You want more responsibility. Do you recall? I don't remember the part of asking for more responsibility. Well, well, dear, you didn't have to say that part out loud. I knew what you were getting at. Well, anyways, um, we have a bit of a situation that we need to keep a little bit hush-hush. Um, so let's keep this between you and I. But um, essentially, we're babysitting a child. Um, she's all the way uh, in room... 138, all the way on the other side, away from any of the other guests, but I'm going to need you to check up on her um, every 15 minutes just to make sure she's okay and um, not making noise. So probably I was standing up, and as soon as Eloise says that, I'm going to walk around and sit on my side of the table. Well, Eloise, that might be a bit difficult since I am working right now. And who is this child? Do we need to babysit a kindred? Well, Melinda, this is another one of those lessons. Sometimes it's best not to ask questions. You must take orders. Uh, from people who give them to you and um, do them to the best of your ability. So this is a great opportunity for you to practice again, uh, to get you ready to continue to climb the ladder, you see. Well, I remind you, I don't want to climb the ladder. You say that. You say that, but I know deep inside of you there's some ambition hiding behind all of the crystals and belly things in here. So you better just figure out a way to uh, make this work. Okay, Melinda? Okay. And Eloise is going to turn on her heels and shuffle out. <laughs> Melinda is going to um, pretend to take a deep breath. <laughs> I guess I'm going to room 138. And even though Eloise told me not to say anything to anybody, I'm going to go to Fox, Fox Club and I'm going to ask her to come with me. All right. So you would find Fox Love in the kitchen. Uh... Since Jeffy has thoroughly ruined the meatloaf, uh, she somehow like salvaged it and turned it into a taco night. Uh, so you find her making tacos. Wait, hold on. Can we take a second? Hold mm -hmm. on. 
Sorry. <laughs> So where does Eloise go when she leaves? She turns on her heels, shuffles off. Um, <laughs> Eloise is just going to go right back to her station. <laughs> and like, back to her post. Yeah, review, Yelp reviews, and like <laughs> try and like continue to put together like five-point plans for how to make the business better. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So, uh, Shep and Jeffy, you would see um, Melinda come like storming through the bar to get to the kitchen. <laughs> I don't think Jeffy does anything. He's got like a, you know, glass. He's doing the classic bartender thing with like the rag and the glass. Mm. He just kind of like walks. Hey there, Miss Melinda. She doesn't reply. Slams back into the kitchen. Huh. I wonder what she's so upset about. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, you don't have to do anything about it, but uh, but you both do well, clock it as it happens. I, I just, yeah, I mean, ever since I said I went back and sat in that corner, I've just been using heightened senses to keep an eye on the place. Mm -hmm. Like, listen for anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, so so you, that doesn't you seem too shocking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll end. I, we probably heard Eloise go in there just before that happened. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Melinda, you you get back to the kitchen. You find Foxglove making tacos. Um, Foxglove. Um, can you take a five minute break? Uh yeah, sure. And she like peels off the the plastic gloves that she's wearing, this like sanitation gloves. What's up? Well, our wonderful Eloise has given us another task. In this one, it's a little confusing. Okay. Um what is it? Follow me, and I'll go walking to room 138 and knock twice. Hello? It's Melinda Hart. Eloise sent me. And I'm going to walk in. <laughs> yeah, I use the, the master key to open the room, and you see a child, uh, a girl sitting on the bed watching cartoons. I op Okay, so I open the door. Mm -hmm. I give enough space for Foxglove to see what's inside. <laughs> I see that there's a girl in there, a human. So I'm going to close the door. I think we're in a bit of a situation. We need to babysit that. Is that is it a human child? Like a kid? Like a normal, regular kid? Looks like it. Why? Why is she here? Eloise did not give me that many details. You know how she gets. 
she kept talking about a ladder. Ladders are stupid. Uh, okay, so what are we supposed to... We just, like, watch the kid? We're, we're babysitting? Yeah, I think we... We just need to make sure that she doesn't go anywhere. Okay, uh, cool. Well, I have games she can play. Could you, would you be able to bring them? I'll stay with her while you go get them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give me a minute. Um, and as she leaves, I'm gonna go in the room. Mm-hmm. And, um, stand next to the girl. Hello? Who are you? I am Melinda Hart. Who are you? I'm not supposed to talk to strangers. I'm not a stranger. I told you I'm Melinda Hart. Well, I don't know a Melinda Hart. I walk to the bathroom, grab a shampoo bottle, and bring it out. And this Melinda Hart. <laughs> she just looks confused because this kid is like eight years old. <laughs> what do you want to know about me? I just want to watch cartoons. And I want to know how the heck you got here. <laughs> A man brought me here. A man? Did you know Eloise before tonight? Who's Eloise? The bossy old lady? The lumpy clown. Yes. Exactly. Did you know her before tonight? No. Then how did you get this room? <laughs> I don't know. The man brought me here. <laughs> Who is this man? Do you know the name? No, he took me with him when the other monsters were coming to get me. You say she leans in closer to you and said and whispers like loudly whispers pyres and that's where we're gonna cut for tonight.